Welcome to episode 41 of the Redeemed Hearts podcast, where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. Your hosts, Worley and Danina Kennedy, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. In this week's episode, Danina and guest Lindsay Perry will be discussing what happens when we don't wait well. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Here's Danina and Lindsay. Hi there. We are um, back in March here. We talked last time about uh, waiting well, and I'm with my friend Lindsay Perry. And um, we're excited to be back again and talk about what happens when we don't wait well. So, um, you know, not everybody may have listened to the first podcast. So um, do you want to say a little bit? A little bit about yourself again. Sure. My name's Lindsay Perry, and I have a husband I've been married to for 15 years, and we have three children, ages 13, 11, and 10. So we are in a very busy season of life, but it's fun. And I have spent the last few years starting to speak and teach God's Word to women mm-hmm. with just the mindset of having the ability to transform our lives through uh, biblical teaching and God's Word, and I'm excited to be here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, last time we spoke on Hannah, and I love her story because it's such a reminder of a woman who was constantly reminded of what she was doing without and longed for a child and how she went to the Lord, who was her source, and she— worshiped the Lord in her grief and sadness and anguish. And then she worshiped the Lord in her triumphant victory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she was faithful. And so it was very encouraging to study just her story and learn what we did about how to wait well Mm -hmm. and what to do through those seasons. Yeah. Well, so if if you didn't hear the last podcast, go ahead and back. Go ahead and go back and listen to it about... Um, waiting well. And, um, you know, Lindsay and I met, I mean, she's lived lived in Borger. She's moved to Houston. We kept in touch and she's back in Amarillo. And we decided we want to put some things together to maybe mm-hmm. be able to speak together some to women. Or um, as Lindsay said, she um, speaks, has spoken for different women's events as well. So um, we're looking forward today as we really just talk about what happens when we don't wait well. Mm. Um, There there are a lot of consequences to not waiting well. And, you know, part of it, uh, as as we were talking about, you know, doing this, is just that we're an impatient society. Um, We're a culture that leans toward an entitlement mindset. And I think about even if we are patient people, I mean, some people by nature are even more Mm patient even in the flesh than others. I want to be like them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But even if we are patient and it's our desire to wait well, I mean, we all grow weary Mm -hmm. at times of waiting. And I know for myself, um, I can start out waiting really well. And I can even, you know, I think as I've gotten older and probably grown spiritually in my relationship Mm -hmm. with the Lord, I can wait a lot longer, Mm -hmm. but I still can hit my max. Like I'm done with this waiting. And that reminds me of the story of um, Abraham and Sarah uh, and how, you know, they started out very well and they waited. and um, But then they grew anxious and weary of their waiting. And they 
really took things into their own hands. And this story is found in Genesis 12, where God told Abram, um, he's not named Abraham yet, and she's not named Sarah yet, she's still Sarai, um, that he was going to make him a father of many nations. And, um, you know, he's going to have descendants that just like the sands in the sea. Um, And, um, but year after year, his wife did not get pregnant. And, you know, they waited well for 10 years, um, but after after they had were in the land of Canaan. But um, I think Sarah hit her max and on the waiting decided she was going to take control. And um, her impatience rushed God's plans. And Genesis 16 says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And I, I, that's significant to me, that word I there. Um, she's gone from, you know, acknowledging that the Lord has kept her from having children, kind of like we talked about with Hannah, mm-hmm. right? It was mm-hmm. God who, she knew God was the one who opened her womb, closed her womb. But she switches right there and says, perhaps I can build a family through her. So she started to become her own God, figure out how she could fix this problem. And then, you know, kind of like Adam was with Eve in Genesis, it says, Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai took, um, uh, Abram took, um, or Sarah took her Egyptian maidservant Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. And he slept with Hagar and she conceived. So it didn't take long for the consequences of not waiting well here to surface because the very next verse verse says, when she, Hagar, knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. So Hagar began to ridicule her mistress for not being able to conceive and stress and tension occurred to the point that Sarai even asked Abram to make Hagar leave. So you can just picture this, like Mm. it brought in all the stress and turmoil and marriage issues. And really what we know today is it brought I mean, we're still living with these consequences today because from Hagar's son Ishmael was um, came, you know, Israel's permanent em- enemy still to this mm-hmm. day. And um, so, I mean, rushing things and making our own way can leave consequences for generations and generations. Mm-hmm. You have anything to add to that? Well, I just, I feel like reading Hannah's story last time, it shows us the opposite. Mm. of someone who was obedient and willing to surrender the very thing that the Lord had given her because she waited. Mm. And there was blessing over that. And here we're seeing from selfishness and pride and greed that uh, there's consequences that come from it. That's good. Well, I I think it's significant that, you know, Abram was 86. when Hagar had Ishmael, um, and but we see that there's this whole nother waiting period. Mm-hmm. Um, there's you know 13 more years before God shows up and Sarah gets pregnant. Abraham is um, Abraham's a hundred. Uh, you know Sarah's ninety, and it didn't fix her suffering. Mm. Um, and mean, that's a long time to wait. Mm-hmm. It didn't fix time. her infertility. Um, it and and then God shows up and he also, I mean, when she gets pregnant, he says, I mean, you have Ishmael, but that's not the son of mm. promise. And so 
all your maneuvering and all your working here is not going to fulfill my promise. We're still going to do things in my time according to, you know, my way. And I think that for our life, um, you know, fear of things never changing, isn't that what often leads us to doubt God and to take things into our own hands, Mm -hmm. like what happened here? And I mean, you know, this is where we start worrying or maneuvering or manipulating and losing peace and sleep and trying to stop this whole painful process of this hard work of waiting. And, um, you know, we become just just like Sarah and Abraham here, we decide we need to be our own God and control and fix that pain, fix that loss. I want to control that outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Lindsay, I, I, I probably just from my profession, I see this. I mean, I know this, the difference just, you know, even like between Worley and I, but, you know, it's easy in these kind of situations that some, you know, some people kind of power up and overwork and, Mm -hmm. you know, try and make things happen. Um, Other people tend to kind of shut down and fall into, you know, despair and depression and helplessness. And, um, you know, so we do different things, I I mean, in this period here. But this story, it's always very, it's such a good reminder to me. I feel like it's not only a wake-up call, but it's a huge warning to us. Absolutely. Well, and I think about when it comes to being impatient, uh, we're also controlling people. We want to control and dictate the outcome. We want it how we want it, the way we Mm -hmm. want it, when we want it, in the circumstances we want it. Mm -hmm. And the more impatient I become, the more controlling I become. And then the more controlling I become, the more anxious I become, Mm. trying to make everything work and doing it a certain way. And before long, you realize you really are in a cycle that seems to never end. Mm -hmm. It's as if, if I can grip control of my kids just a little tighter or my marriage or home that I get more and more wound up. And then it becomes really difficult to release that. And then it produces anger (laughs) and bitterness and discontentment. And so if we're not careful, uh, being impatient and controlling can affect and pour over into multiple areas of our life, as you said that. And we get so overwhelmed when those emotions and feelings and actions come that uh, things aren't happening the way we want them, that we do. We tend to give up and we quit caring and we isolate. And then nothing happens as a result of that. And so as we talked about before, that our season of waiting being a place to prepare and work Mm -hmm. towards anticipating what's to come, we do the flip side and we isolate and we shut down, and then, and I mean, and that's an action in and of itself. We're choosing to not pursue something in the waiting, mm-hmm. and what we are, what it's, we're not pursuing anything, but it's producing things that are causing uh, death over our lives, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that I just think that's a good point because waiting um, isn't passive. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we just feel like waiting is like, or even sometimes living by faith. It's just that just means I'm doing nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like, and we talked about this last time. It's expectant. Um, you know, we we don't power up and make our own way or freeze and live paralyzed. We we stay engaged every day with the waiting process with God and 
you know, each other in relationships and, you know, at our job place. Mm-hmm. I mean, as in our parenting, in our ministry, really one day at a time. And so it is important to know we're still we're still living life and being faithful to what we know to be doing. And I just think Worley and I have found that when we're anxious about the unknown of the future and we're trying to figure out and make wise decisions, if it's, um, you know, or figure out what we need to do next, it's always best to be faithful to just do what we do know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that mm-hmm. that it, that brings a lot of calm mm-hmm. um, in, in that kind of land of in-between there. I mean, God has things in front of us to do right now while we're praying yeah. about what could be next. And, um, you know, we can stay engaged in just those possibilities for the future. And some of this, it goes with what we talked about in the last podcast some too. I mean, I— I deeply believe that what God is doing in me during the waiting is more important than what I'm waiting for. Mm -hmm. And because at this season of my life, when I was younger, no. I mean, I believed I needed to help God out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm kind of a go-getter personality and I can, you know, I can figure this out. Um, But at this point, I mean, God has humbled me. He's mm-hmm. taught me. He's made me wait, you know, and he's shown up for me where I really believe what he's doing in me is more important than what I'm waiting for. So I've got to, but I've got to stay actively engaged in the process. And I like a quote by Billy Graham where he says, each life is made up of mistakes and learning, waiting and growing, practicing patience and being persistent. Mm, I like that. You know, we we want it to be one or the other mm-hmm. and our, our faith's going to be lived out there. So um, you have anything to add to that? No, I like that. I like how it's, again, it's the opposites. Mm-hmm. It's mistakes and learning. It's waiting and growing. It's mm-hmm. practicing patience and being persistent that we really can have a balance of all the things in order to produce something uh, well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about some different things. When Lindsay and I were visiting um, over lunch about this. Uh, and then, you know, I think we visited again on the phone. One of the things you said is, I mean, we've got to be people who practice patience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're going to look at some different points um, of what that looks like. But so a person who waits well is somebody who practices patience. And, um, and we've got to practice that patience in our circumstances with God. And that also includes what's sometimes the hardest relationally, mm-hmm. Um, to practice that patience with each other and, you know, with ourselves to receive grace and to give grace for that in-between time. And it doesn't come naturally to us. In fact, our flesh is opposed to it. Um, But the good news is that for those who are in Christ, Galatians 5 tells us that we are patient people. Mm. I mean, I I love to think about that, that it, this being patient, that is who I am already in Christ. And, um, Galatians 5, you know, as you know, uh, has nine godly attributes that characterize the life of someone who knows and walks with Christ. Um, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And to be people who wait well, it requires us to remember who we are in Christ. I mean, we are patient mm. when I'm, you know, because Christ dwells in me, and, you know, if I'm not walking in sin and, you know, quenching, quenching the Holy Spirit in me, I mean, I am a patient person. The meaning of this word in the Greek refers to the ability 
to endure injuries inflicted by others and to be willing to accept painful or irritating circumstances. Mm. I'm going to read that again. The meaning of this word in the Greek refers to the ability to endure injuries inflicted by others and to be willing to accept painful or irritating um, circumstances. And I had read a quote by um, a pastor and a professor, um, and uh, Neil Pressa, I think is how you say his name, and he said, this is the patience of someone who is ferociously wronged, terribly sinned or trespassed against, and who has both the reason, the right, the ability, the opportunity, and the power to avenge the wrong, but doesn't do it. That's the patience of the fruit of the Spirit. So there are other places in Scripture that patience or waiting is tied to um, the word hupomino, which means, and I don't know if I say Mm -hmm. that right uh, as far as that, but um, I think it's hupomino, and part of what it means is to remain under, like Mm -hmm. we're remaining under our suffering until God releases us. This this. Um, you know, meaning here is um, a little different from that in that description here. And it's not something we can do in our strength, in our own strength. It's the work of the Spirit. Um, and I mean, isn't it awesome that Christ has already shown us how to do this? Mm, yes. <laughs> because He is forbearing. He is, um, you know, this kind of uh, forgiving, mm-hmm. you know, God told, I, I mean, toward us. So, um so, I mean, let's talk a minute about, I mean, what are some ways that we do this? I mean, I think, um, you know, for me, sometimes it's as simple as when, you know, anxiety comes up, um, I'm going to surrender mm-hmm. whatever that, you know, outcome is or that person or, you know, whatever it is, rather than try and control or fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, it might be, instead of telling someone else what to do or making sure, you know, uh, my opinion is heard, I practice listening. Mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm patient by practicing listening. I mean, what are some other things you might think of? Yeah, I think when you um, want revenge, you know, or you make someone um, get consequences, but instead you choose to forgive and release them mm-hmm. from the debt that you feel that they owe you, um, and and in that act of patience, you've essentially released your own heart mm-hmm. and mind from that person. And, you know, it may mean instead of getting in a panic about your singleness and compromising who you are, that you wait on God to provide your partner in life or instead of pushing your agenda uh, through without thinking about the impact it can have on others that you consider others, mm-hmm. even if it means you don't get your own way. Mm, yeah. I mean, as you're listening to this, I hope you're thinking about what this would look like um, for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've we've got to think about where where do I struggle to be patient? Where do I struggle to, you know, be forbearing, to be forgiving, to suffer long yeah. here? Yeah. Um, and where does that show itself up the most mm-hmm. um, in my life? And, um, you know, that's that's where um, we want to walk with the Spirit. So, mm-hmm. well, I know for me in my life, I have three kids, so I see it in them. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
if I if I'm not practicing patience, they're probably not either. Because as parents, we get to model to them uh, ways to act. And when we were preparing for this podcast, I started thinking about that video that went viral a little while ago, where parents would put a bowl of candy in front of their children or a child and say, mom's going to walk out of the room. Don't eat it until I get back. And Mm. they're videotaping their child. And you literally (laughs) see the turmoil and Mm. the tension that this toddler is going through. They are purely excited because what parent puts a bowl of candy in front of, (laughs) you know, their two or Mm three-year-old. And you literally watch the child look back and forth. And some kids, they don't care. They're going straight in. They're not obedient to what their parents said. They they didn't have that ability to be patient. Mm. And some children sat there waiting with this excitement and thrill, and you could tell the anticipation of what was going to come. And then you got to see the parents' reaction, you know, asking their child, did you wait? And here you get this as a result of waiting. And so... Uh, you know, some children were tempted and they reacted and then others were tempted, but still waited. And Mm -hmm. so I think as we talk about these things and being people that practice patience, whether you are a parent and have children in your home or you are someone of authority at a job, or maybe you're in ministry or just even in your circle of influence that Learning how to have patience um, in our home, the way that we try to do it is uh, my husband and I model patience and we are, we fall <laughs> short all, all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we teach patience and that is, I mean, that is something that from the time our kids were younger, we would you know, just like these videos, put something in front of them and ask them to wait and uh, show them just in 10 second increments or one minute increments or one day increments where we're literally giving them um, opportunities to learn what that looks like and how to deal with those feelings and thoughts and emotions in their head. And um, and then we, we, we practice patience. Uh, uh, externally, internally, literally, figuratively. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for us, we like to role play with our kids. We've always done that from a very, very young age, just with the idea of um, kids only know what they know. Uh, We as adults and people, we only, we are a product of what we know. Mm -hmm. And and that's what comes out in our everyday life. Uh, We have role played with our kids, scenarios, situations. We work with them on how to make eye contact with someone, uh, how to wait for someone's response. Uh, So it's, you know, there's different ways if you're trying to instill this in someone in your um, everyday life. My husband does it at work with the people that uh, work for him, you know, Mm -hmm. and just asking them to wait a minute and come back to me and this and that. And so for kids, because that's that's where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. is um, teaching them about how to understand that you might not get what you want when you want it, that you can work for it, that you can earn it, you can pay for it yourself. Uh, we tell our kids no. Uh, sometimes that can be the most powerful tool with the response of why the answer is no, try to try to help mm-hmm. them. 
and are holding out for another time of let's wait on that. And our middle son, he's our fun, free-spirited one, and he gets these ideas in his head and he wants it instantly. And so I'll never forget a few weeks ago, he wanted something off of Amazon. And uh, I said, okay, well, we'll wait, right? Or um, I'll think about it. I mean, Mm -hmm. how many parents say that on Mm -hmm. a daily basis? And a week later, he comes to us and he wants something else. And I, I literally had to remind him of that one thing he wanted a week ago that he Mm. just had to have, that he cried about, that we didn't give into it. He was willing to pay his own money. And it was such a powerful thing for me Mm. to look at him and say, come back to me when you remember what that thing was. Mm. Well, just that one week of waiting for him, what we were then able to teach him was it really didn't have that much value to him. Because if we really care about something, it's not going to leave our mind, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so being people that can model and practice and teach the spirit of what patience looks like, how to give that to your sibling, how to give that to your spouse, um, ends up producing something where you can show value. And and then you, you appreciate it more when that does uh, come. And you know what stands out to me about that, Lindsay, is um, because we're in this uh, culture of a sen- with a sense of entitlement. I mean, we're we're kind of at an all time high where people have very little impulse control. Mm, absolutely, and that you know, in our line of work, that's causing so many relational issues mm-hmm. and financial issues, mm-hmm. and you know, so much um, stress in people's lives because they, I mean, they. Don't wait to make a decision. And it's so easy not to. Right, right. Um, You know, I mean, we were at my brother's uh, helping with his house last week, and um, my little two-year-old, you know, nephew started talking to Lexa. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Lexa, you know, play, um, you know, I think it was the excavator song or the shark song. And and my brother said, before long, he's going to be ordering stuff on there. Mm. And I thought, it's true. It's just that easy. We can say, you know, Alexa, order this. Give it to me, right. And, you know, so it's, we have all these things that make it hard to wait, wait. and have impulse mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, I mean, God's telling us how important it is here that we, you know, we we practice that, you know, patience and that, you know, we're, um, we're living with that, you know, patience that comes, um, you know, where we're, uh, you know, being forbearing even mm-hmm. with others. And then, the, and I was thinking about it, it's just also with ourselves. Mm. Many people, um, you know, I don't know for this with your own kids, but I, I just think, um, you know, people can tend to be very hard on themselves. So yeah. maybe they're patient with everybody around them, mm-hmm. but internally Not they themselves. are have no patience yeah. um, towards themselves. So, well, and this um, just came to mind that, it's not in our notes. I'll just say that. But our reaction, mm-hmm. uh, the power of waiting to respond, mm-hmm. 
I mean, I, I really believe that can produce life or death. I mean, it's our words and scripture yes. tells us that and teaching and practicing, I mean, practicing and that we don't have to respond to every single thing that is written on our social media, that is sent in an email, that when the phone rings, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're stepping away from something that needed our attention because we're going to the, it is okay to wait with our responses mm-hmm. or I will get back with you. Let me think about it. I think culture and society has caused us to think that if we don't have an answer, right away, mm-hmm. then we failed somehow, mm-hmm. or we're not good enough, or we haven't kept up with things just because, and and when we wait, and there's power in that, uh, we're able to produce life because mm-hmm. we've sought wisdom or counsel on how to handle a situation. My favorite thing to tell my kids these days is, let mom think about it and let me pray about it. Mm-hmm. Because then they can rest in assurance of knowing that I'm not giving just an answer. Now, sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes the answer is, sorry, it's not gonna work, not now, can't right. do it. Um, or even if I did give the wrong response or reaction, even to go back and, and apologize, mm-hmm. that there's redemption. And when we do that wrong or inappropriately, that we can uh, repent mm-hmm. and lament and ask that forgiveness and so that it then can produce life. That's really good. Yes, especially mm-hmm. with our words and waiting. Yeah. So, I mean, we're our first point here has kind of been just to be people— you know, that wait well, we have to practice patience. Like, we have to think about this. I know people who drive slow on pers- uh, on purpose. They mm-hmm. take the long way to work on purpose. They put themselves in the longest line at the grocery store on purpose. You know, I mean, they mm-hmm. do things to actually, you know, um, deal with this part and begin to practice it. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, they, um, you know, wait to speak. Uh, I mean, they, they do very intentional things, like you're talking about doing with with your kids. And um, so we're practice patient, practicing patience. And then the second thing here that we want to talk about is a person who waits well is, is a person who's going to receive the harvest or they're going to receive the benefits from mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And we've already talked about how patience can be so difficult. But if we position ourselves to be people who operate from a place with eternity in mind, uh, we're waiting Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, our perspective can change. And if we live for what's to come, it will help us keep our focus where it's intended. And And this brings me to Galatians uh, chapter 6, verse 7 through 9. And it says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Mm -hmm. And how many of us have heard our whole lives that you reap what you sow? Mm -hmm. And whatever you are tending to, whatever gets your time, your talent, your energy, your attention, that is gonna be the area that flourishes. If you were married, you know that. 
that when you're not pouring into your a relationship with your spouse, that your marriage is going to struggle. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a friend yesterday who her and her husband, they are actually farmers. They mm-hmm. grow crops um, here in the panhandle and have um, do that, you know, every, I mean, this is their life. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how for them, they are not going to gain their harvest the day they plant their seeds. And even before they plant their seeds, they have harvested the soil. They Mm -hmm. have fed it. They have tended to it. They have made sure that where their seeds are going to be planted, that's going to produce a crop or a material for them, that it is prepared. And kind of what we talked about, about, Mm -hmm. you know, Hannah and the Mm -hmm. waiting. and, And so to be people who um, understand that it takes time before you're going to grasp or gain that harvest, that it has to be uh, worked on. It has to be tended to. And for it to be produced something well, that there has to be water and sunlight and fed the right time and picked the right time. Uh, But, you know, you don't want to pick it before it's ready because then it hasn't had time to mature or, you know, grow. And so can we see the benefit in our own life that straight from Scripture's teaching us that we need to be people who are willing to put in the work to mm-hmm. tend to our gifts and callings and following the Word of God for direction and be willing to wait for the right time, the right scenario or opportunity that's going to produce something well. Mm-hmm. I have learned in 15 years of marriage not to call my husband off the cuff and unload in the middle of his work day. It's not going to produce anything good. <laughs> Just like when he walks in the door and I've had kids at my ankles and and now a dog and, you know, all these things that, you know, I, I, I'm going to produce a response in him mm. in whatever I'm saying or doing and vice versa. Mm-hmm. He's going to produce a response in me. If he just drops everything and sits on the couch and ignores all of us, <laughs> that's going to produce a response in me. And so, you know, just understanding the power that we have in whatever we're tending to, that eventually it will reap a harvest. Mm-hmm. And if we're people who um, are uh, who are willing to wait, a farmer is willing to wait for his crop to be fully developed, to then take that crop, that plant, what whatever it is, to then be able to sell it, for it to have its purpose and be used for for what it needs. And and I think about waiting well then allows the quality of something to be appealing mm. or for it to be stronger. There's there's roots there. Um, it'll serve its purpose. And, and then there's a sense of preparedness for when the unknown comes. You're kind of expecting it. A farmer knows how to protect its crops from um, whether it's nature or bugs or um, a mold or something, they know that that's going to come. Our mm-hmm. our lives, we are not promised a life free of uh, suffering. And, and so to have that mindset of suffering is going to come, hardships are going to come our way while we're waiting, while we're expecting that harvest to be there, but one day it'll be worth it. Mm. 
And with my kids, I think about when they were younger, the day I taught them how to crawl, they weren't crawling. You you prepare them. And the day they learned to walk, they weren't walking without falls mm-hmm. or running. They weren't walk, running without tripping and, and harming themselves, but it prepares them. And so we're ultimately preparing our children to be out of our home and be, you know, the season of life you're yeah. in. And and so, um, you know, just what are we tending to and what are we doing? It, someday they are not going to need me to fix some dinner. And while I'm so ready for that <laughs> yes. day. Yes. <laughs> I do enjoy that part. Right, right. Without yeah. that full responsibility <clears throat> and weight, what have I done in the meantime? Mm-hmm. And have I taught them how to prepare their meals mm-hmm. on their own and living? And so, and I think the more you do something, you tend to it, the more it becomes natural. Mm-hmm. The more, I think you said it earlier, that there's a, a feeling of um, you're comfortable, you know what to expect. And um, and so it's, it's good. It's mm-hmm. good if we can be people that we're patient while we wait, that we wait well, knowing we'll reap a harvest for what's to come mm-hmm. later. And it's, it, it does go along with what we talked about last time. I mean, we miss out. We're the ones that miss out if we shortchange the mm-hmm. waiting process, if we don't you know, if we don't trust God with the waiting process, if we don't participate with what we do know in the waiting process, like you're mm-hmm. saying, I love that passage and I love that illustration. That's awesome. So the third thing here is a person who waits well, loves well. And um, patience is the first of 15 descriptive words that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 13 to define what love is. And and I don't know that there's any significance in that it's the first word so much as, you know, that it is. But um, part of it is I do think about the fact that impatience hurts relationships. Mm. It always hurts relationships. It's it's not love. And that the feeling itself of impatience um, doesn't cause harm. But what we do when we're impatient causes yes. a lot of harm. And, you know, because we're usually more short and critical with others or ourselves, we um, may live with just um, an underlying or unresolved anger that separates us from those we love. I mean, anger is part of yes. patience. That's um, an impatience. That's why I would talk about, you know, the definition of patience. Some translations actually say, you know, um, long suffering. Mm. Um, can I suffer long here with, you know, with this person um, in this situation? If not, um, I'm going to be, you know, angry. Um, you know, some circumstances, um, you know, you may be a yeller or a stomper mm-hmm. or somebody who slams doors. You might, you know, become even, you know, more demanding or demeaning with your words. But no matter what, impatience to me always creates an atmosphere of stress. Yes. Um, it causes others to feel that they're walking on eggshells or they're afraid to say something or do something. And, um, you know, and it impacts our own mental health and and impatience because there's there's that part of impatience that always includes anger, mm-hmm. this you know underlying anger, and we know that anger impacts our physical health and has led to a lot of you know heart disease and other issues. And so, um, would you read First Corinthians thirteen just so yeah. we kind of hear that? If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. 
If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. I mean, I just think this is a really strong and sobering warning to us. I mean, Mm -hmm. Paul doesn't say that a lack of love diminishes our impact. He basically says it ends it. It It eliminates it. Mm -hmm. it. Um, We become nothing, and it profits us nothing. So being people who wait well um, requires a willingness to suffer long. And Mm -hmm. that's what I was saying earlier. This, you know, Greek word here in this passage, um, you know, literally means to hold oneself up against. It's a figurative saying similar, you know, in meaning to the modern phrase to put up with. I'm going to put up with this. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, I, I think Paul here, the apostles declaring that love puts up with a lot. And this means that practicing patience is going to exhibit love to those I'm in relationship with. And it's going to show up as I'm going to be slow to anger and I'm going to be quick to hear. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of patience to be a good listener. Um, I'm going to be forgiving. I'm going to be willing to suffer generously on behalf of others. I'm going to let things in relationship cost me something. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's important to me to say here, you know, God's not talking here to the people who are in abusive relationships where there's a habitual pattern Mm -hmm. of sin that is, you know, going against what God's Word would say, Mm -hmm. you know, love is, whether it's parent to child or spouse to spouse, whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. So anyway, patience is not simply the ability to wait here. It is how we love others while we wait. And so, I mean, a person who waits well loves well, and um, it's going to impact relationships. And we have to take responsibility for the fact that when Mm -hmm. we are impatient, it creates an environment of stress and chaos and, um, you know, depending on how we use our words and our language and, you know, what we take out on others when we're impatient. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it can really create an environment where love cannot flourish. Yeah. So um, the last thing here is that we want to talk about is a person who waits well um, uh by faith, they never stop waiting. Mm. I mean, that's really what faith is. And um, I think that it's it's important to end with this today with the reality that just because we wait well doesn't mean we'll always get what we're waiting on. Mm-hmm. And when I read Hebrews 11, which is known as the you know Hall of Faith, kind of like the Hall of Fame, this is in the Bible. It's this long list of all these people who live by faith and what they did to live out their faith. But there's always this verse that kind of stops me in Hebrews 11 and 13 through 15, and it says, all of these died in faith and then without receiving the promises. But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, but as it is, they desired a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Mm. And I really like how 
uh, Pastor Chuck Swindoll kind of explains this in the middle of this passage, because if you read this, he's going through a list and just saying, you know, this person lived by faith, and this is what they did, and this is this is what they did, and the next person lives by faith, and then all of a sudden you have this, well, everybody died, and they didn't all receive the promise. I mean, it's like, okay, so what's that mean for me? And he says um, that uh, at this point, the writer of Hebrews sets aside the palette of the paints he has been using to fill his canvas with examples of faith. And he steps back, as it were, and gestures gestures at the um, procession of personalities he's been painting and making a sweeping statement. All of these, he says, died in faith without receiving the promises. Wait, didn't Abraham make it to the promised land? Didn't Sarah have her promised child, Isaac? Yes, but what they experienced in this life was merely a foretaste, a shadow of things to come. Abraham didn't receive the full promise, just a down payment. Abraham and Sarah only had one child. The promise was for descendants, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. The land in which he sojourned was indeed the promised land, but he, Sarah, Isaac, and all their households lived there, it says, as strangers and exiles on the earth, waiting for their heavenly home. And I, you know, I love as we've talked about waiting, being tied to preparing, Mm -hmm. and that God is always in our waiting. He is preparing us Mm -hmm. for what he has next, and he's preparing what he's doing you know, whether right now, I mean, we're, we're, I mean, we have a war going on on the other yeah. side of the world right now. Um, I mean, he's God is always at work, and He is preparing us for what He has next. And we know there's a heavenly city, mm-hmm. um, you know, that is true here. And so, I mean, how's that passage hit you when you think mm. about that? I mean, I mean, just without receiving the promises— and to still be a person of faith, mm-hmm. to realize what really matters, what's really important, and what what I'm, I mean, I'm like in awe <laughs> right now. <laughs> I could be crying. Um, mm. It's this place of, God, you were good. Mm. You were good. You were still good, even if, fill in the blank, Mm. even though, fill in the blank, Mm. that God is still good. And one day, one day, it'll all be restored. Mm. And to have that, to live with that mindset of eternity in mind, Mm. with or without whatever it is we want or desire, that God's with us that whole time and Mm. nothing goes to waste. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's why we would just want to end with this. A person who waits well by faith never stops waiting until Mm. we're at home one day. Because, um, you know, I want to be the kind of person that the waiting isn't even the point anymore. It's it's my faith. It's, you know, um, who God is, what He's doing, trusting, having the faith to know that what He's preparing me for, um, whether I ever receive that full promise Mm -hmm. in this life— um, he's preparing me for eternity, mm-hmm. and uh, that that that's what matters. That that's what I place the most value on. So as we closed um, this podcast, I would just ask you, you know, we'd ask you together, what are you waiting on, and who are you waiting on? Um, how are you doing? 
<laughs> with your waiting? Are you shut down and paralyzed and angry um, or depressed because it may never happen? Are you panicking and demanding and maneuvering and controlling to just make it happen yourself? Or are you living life, doing what you know to do today, what you can do by faith today, you know, one day at a time as you wait for God to provide, for God to reveal what's next, and for God to fulfill His promises in life and in death. Mm. And walking, you know, through life, individually, but it's even, there's even more joy as we do this together, Mm -hmm. as we encourage one another to live with this kind of faith. Um, You know, Abraham and Sarah received a lot in their lifetime, but they didn't receive the full promise, but it kept going Mm -hmm. after their death, generation upon generation upon generation. And that's true for our story. Mm -hmm. And um, my mother-in-law has always said, and it's just Uh, It's one of her little phrases that I've never forgotten. Um, She always has said, the only thing worse than waiting is wishing you had. Wow. (laughs) So let's be people who don't go through life, you know, wishing we had waited. Yeah. Um, Let's trust God enough to wait. And if we wait, our faith is going to grow. How we love people is going to grow. We're going to get to experience the harvest that God has for us. And— we're, we're going to be, you know, better at practicing this thing called patience. Mm-hmm. So thanks for joining me this month, Lindsay. It's been really fun. And I hope, you know, we do get opportunity to speak more together. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, take care. Thank you again for joining us today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. We wanted to let you know that if you're interested in having Danina and Lindsay speak at your next women's event, You can contact us through social media. Call us at 806-688-0096 or fill out the contact form at redeemedheartsministries.com. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Orly and Danina or want to reach out and contact us for any other reason, we encourage you to visit redeemedheartsministries.com. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify and feel free to share this episode on social media. We hope you have a great week and God bless.